Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church and OCCathome.com. We are so glad you're here. At OCC, our mission is to invite people to take their next steps with Jesus. And so we pray that through our time together, you're encouraged and challenged to move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning, OCC. I'm really glad to be with you today. And I'm going to pick up and continue the Peeled message series. But I just want you to know that it is a real joy for me to watch as God works through you all your church community, to accomplish his will and purpose on the earth. As you can see from the image in this series, the peeled graphic, the whole idea is that when you peel an orange, it's what's inside that counts. It's either juicy or rotten, sweet or sour. And what you learn from the Bible is God feels the same way. It's what's inside us that really matters to him. And so, since that's the case, what's inside of us should matter as well. I'd like to start with a general observation about fruit. It's not a brilliant observation, mind you, but it is an observation nonetheless. The thing about fruit is that it's grown. It's not manufactured. Here are some manufactured grapes. When I was growing up, every friend of mine, almost every friend of mine at their house, there would be a set of these grapes on the coffee table. And uh, if you try to eat one of those, uh, you're going to break your teeth because they're made out of resin. Real fruit grows in soil. It's not manufactured. In Galatians 5, where Paul lists the fruits, he compares the fruit of the Spirit with the works of the flesh. Galatians 5.19a says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Works are manufactured. They come from self-effort. And so there's an intentional contrast here between the works of our flesh and the fruit of of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22a says, but the fruit of the Spirit is fruit grows in soil. It grows indirectly. It's not from self-effort. The farmer has things he can do. It's interesting as you think about farming. The farmer has things he can do to help his crop flourish and grow, but in the end, it's God who makes it grow. He's the one that has made it to work the way it does. God has provided the sun and the water. He's given the stuff of the right nutrients for things to grow. And at the same time, the the farmer has so much he can do, but God has to give the growth. I'd like to watch this time lapse of seeds growing. Would you watch it with me?
That's 40 days in 20 seconds. And some fruits and vegetables grow more quickly. Some grow more slowly. That was spinach. It grows pretty fast, as you can see. Pretty amazing design, though, that God has put together uh, in this whole seed planting thing. I mean, pretty, pretty amazing. I want you to hold on to this thought. If the seed doesn't get planted, nothing grows. So that's an important thing to remember as we're walking through this message. It's interesting to me that the farmer can only do his part to set the crop up to grow, but he can't actually make it grow. It's, it's actually the same spiritually. That's, that's why this metaphor is used for the fruit of the Spirit. We have things that we can do. We can use the resources that God has provided for growth, but we are dependent on Him to make the fruit of the Spirit grow in us. The resources He's given us are the Word, the Bible, the Word of God, the, the prayer, fellowship, and ministry. And these are found inside the church community. As you keep immersing yourself in these resources over and over and over again, you grow, but it happens indirectly. It doesn't come from self-effort. You cannot will yourself to grow the fruit of the Spirit. God has to do it. You use the resources he's made available, but God gives the growth. Spiritual growth, then, is not self-improvement. Not at all. It's changes brought about by the Spirit of God in us as we use the available resources to grow. My willpower won't manufacture the fruit, but God's power will. This is why God had Paul use this metaphor of fruit in Galatians 5, through 23, which says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. These, of course, are character traits of God himself. He is love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. Today, I'm talking about faithfulness. He is completely faithful. All of these characteristics, these character traits, they flow out of the character of God. And he wants to form them in us. This side of heaven, we're not going to be perfect. But... God, who is perfect in every way and in each one of these traits, is working to form them in us. Faithfulness in the Greek-English dictionary, this passage was originally written in Greek. And faithfulness in the dictionary is defined as the state of being someone in whom complete confidence can be placed. 
Like I said, this side of heaven, God is the only one worthy of trusting and putting our complete confidence in. He's the only one we can totally trust. But at the same time, he wants to develop us into trustworthy people so that uh, people are drawn to know him because we bear his name. So faithfulness is a fruit God wants to grow in us because he loves us. Being faithful is crucial in relationships. It's crucial in doing our work. It's crucial in our ministry. There is only one way that it develops, however. So by the grace, the love and grace of God, through testing, he's growing it in us. Faithfulness is proven out over time. In the testing and pressures of life, the seed should get planted so it can grow. As we face the pressures of life, we're tempted to be unreliable, untrustworthy, unfaithful. But faithfulness grows in the midst of the pressures of life. Inside the greenhouse God has provided, which is the church community, for growth. As we experience testing, the pressure in life leaves us with a choice, either to remain faithful or to bail out under the pressure and just pull back and slack off. If we rely on God and draw on the resources of his word, prayer, fellowship, he brings us through. He, he develops faithfulness in us as we lean on him, as we rely on him. And he begins to develop his character in us. This is his design. My wife, Cindy, and my son, Thad, have both had very serious back surgeries. And whenever you have a medical problem that's serious, um, they always start at the lowest level. And so it seems like it takes forever to get a diagnosis. And you're, you know, as a diagnosis, you're, you know, you're, you're concerned, you're, you're worried, and you're, you're sort of shaken by what's going on. And while Thad was going through the process of getting diagnosed with his back problems, uh, I would Google the the issue uh, or some of the symptoms, and I, I didn't have that option with Cindy, frankly. It was before Google existed. But I would quickly come to the place as I was trying to decipher uh, what exactly was going on and remaining, you know, using my own mind to figure it out, uh, not not too medically oriented, really. Uh, I hit the limits of my medical knowledge very quickly, and I had to trust God. I had to just die to trying to figure it out myself, and I had to hand it over to God and ask him, Lord, would you, would you help right now? Would you, would you help sort this out? Would you be with that? Would you bring healing? And as I trusted God, the resources for growth that he's made available were more crucial than ever 
in my life. God's resources for growth really helped me through this time. Um, fellowship was important during this time um, because I, I needed encouragement. I needed strengthening in my inner person, and God brought that through the fellowship. One friend of mine said, God really must think a lot of that to allow him to go through something like this. And I thought, hey, that's that's not what I was thinking. I mean, that, that makes no sense. But as I thought about it, what he was saying is very true. God doesn't give someone more than they can handle. One of his children, a follower of Christ, he never gives them more than they can handle. And so that was true. Um, prayer during this time was the path to peace praying with other believers other followers of Christ it was very important and the word of God gave me strength and encouragement fortified me to do what I needed to do next as we walk through times of testing and the pressures of life Inside the greenhouse of the church, God wants us to plant the seed. That's what he's going for. Here's how we plant it. 2 Corinthians 1, 8-9 For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we would receive the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. This passage says that pressure comes so that we might rely on God. That's why the pressure is there. So we will plant the seed. So we'll surrender to our own strategies, to our own self-effort, to our own understanding, and give it to God. That's what he wants. This is how we plant the seed. If we plant the seed, God grows the fruit of the Spirit in us. This is the way it works. Fruit grows when a seed is planted in the ground by surrendering to God's will, not my own will. If it never gets planted, if the seed doesn't get planted, then it never grows. There, there isn't anything happening there. But after it's planted... It grows indirectly as we make ourselves available, as we use the resources that are available that God has provided for growth. God's Spirit changes us in that greenhouse. He's working in us. When it comes to growing faithfulness in us, the pressures of life keep bringing us to a point where we must decide if we're going to keep doing what God wants us to do and be faithful or bail. God works through the pressure to grow us. Daily tests are built into our lives. They're tests of faithfulness. And there are two things that God wants to grow through the testing. This is what he does. He grows the fruit of the Spirit in us and he uses the tests to qualify us for more privilege. God is responding 
in our lives as we live our life, he is responding to our faithfulness or not faithfulness. <laughs> Either way, he's responding. Luke 16:10 through 12 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? In the kingdom of heaven, faithfulness is a pre-qualifier for more. This is an important thing for God to grow in us. It's crucial. In Luke 16, we see that the Lord is watching over us. And the thing he's looking for to qualify us for more privilege and responsibility is faithfulness. And he's watching for in three ways. Particularly, a friend of mine puts it this way. He's looking for many before many in the small things. In the small assignments, he's looking for us to be faithful in the smallest details before he gives us much. This pattern, uh, as, as we develop in handling the small assignments in life, will carry over into the larger assignments. God knows this, and any boss or supervisor or ministry leader understands it as well, if they have any sense at all. And so, this is really important. How are you handing the little things? How, how are, you, are you faithful with those? And then, a friend of mine says, money before people. God is watching to see how you handle your money before he trusts you with people to lead. Your attitude toward money is a major indicator of your heart for God, the things that he values. And if you're stingy toward God and the people around you, then he knows that's going to carry into your ministry leadership. So that's one of the things he's looking for. How are you handling your money? And then uh, my friend says, thine before mine. Are you being faithful with someone else's property or business or ministry? It, it could be a rental house. Uh, it could be someone else's business or another's ministry. Like uh, OCC is Josh's ministry. And so how, how are you doing with that? Are you being faithful in that? God will not give you your own. Until you pass this test. So, we have to keep qualifying ourselves for the level of privilege we have by being faithful. And this is what God's looking out for. The fruit of faithfulness is important to God as he seeks to grow it in us. And for us, it is the path to privilege. So, one of the reasons God wants to grow it in us is because he loves us. And it's interesting, for pro golfers on the PGA Tour, uh, we see them on TV, and we see all the privilege of that, the money they win. Uh, but before they get there on TV, 
they have to work their way through what is known as Q school, qualifying school. What we see on TV is all the privilege, but there are many tests uh, before they get there. You have to prove that you can golf at a certain level before you can participate in the PGA Tour on TV. And after you're on the tour, each week you have to qualify yourself. You have to put yourself in position to gain the privilege of earning prize money for the week. This mirrors reality in every arena of life. We have to continually qualify ourselves for the level of privilege that we have. There are two main dimensions of faithfulness. Faithfulness to others, to God, to family, to friends, to others who've invested in us like ministry leaders, and then faithfulness with responsibilities like school, work, ministry, family responsibilities. Right now, Whatever stage of life you're in, however old you are, this is training time. God is working to grow faithfulness in you. He grows faithfulness in each of us indirectly, not directly. As we face the tests of life, if we draw on him, his resources, and we trust him, he is going to help us to be faithful and grow us. Your future is going to be impacted by your faithfulness in the present right here and now. That's one of the things you pull out of Luke 16, 10 through 12. Um, patterns you choose over and over and over again are setting up like concrete. Work, your work ethic. Uh, are you lazy? Are you... Are you energetic, enthusiastic about your work? How you're managing your money? How you're handling relationships, dating, family relationships, conflicts? How do, you, how do you work through conflict? The patterns that you're choosing right now are setting like concrete in you. If you set the wrong patterns then you're going to have to bust them up and re-pour the concrete. That, that is really rough. I, I bought a house, the first house we owned, um, had a back patio. It was 70 by 12. And it was laid so that the, 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 the grade of the concrete was, would pour when, when it rained. The grade would pour back into the house, and so it had to be busted up. Let me tell you, it's easier just to do it right the first time. And if you have patterns, it's crucial that you bust them up with the help of God and work through setting a different pattern. And I don't say this to create regret, but to let you know, hey, start today. Because it's not going to be easier tomorrow to set a different kind of pattern in terms of faithfulness, for sure. If you're faithful, you please God and you make progress. Proverbs 3, 3-4 through 4 says, 
Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. If you're faithful, you please God and you make progress in life. If you're unfaithful, progress is slow and difficult. Proverbs 13:15 Good understanding wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. There are at least two reasons the Lord wants to grow faithfulness in us. One is that he loves us, and faithfulness brings his blessing on us. It's the path, the privilege. It's it's so crucial in life. The more faithful we are, the more privilege we gain. And the better life is. Beyond our own blessing, God's kingdom grows through our faithfulness. As we're faithfulness in the church community to fulfill the assignments that we have. As God works through us, as the people of God do the work of the church, uh, the kingdom expands. That is a tremendous privilege. That's a great thing to be a part of. Faithfulness, as you think about it, faithfulness over a long period of time is is a crucial ingredient for living a significant life and for doing anything that's really important in life. Parenting is exhausting, but it's crucial to be faithful, to keep every day doing what needs to be done to train your kids in the atmosphere of nurture and love that God wants you to do. It's crucial. Faithfulness is crucial for building a ministry, for establishing a career. And so I want to wrap up the message today by making sure that we all understand how the seed gets planted because if it doesn't get planted, it doesn't grow. Galatians 5.24 says this, And those who belong to Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When I hit the intersection of what I want to happen and what's actually going on, what this is saying is I need to stick a knife in my own desires and set my heart on the will of God. I need to crucify my flesh When I want to bail out of a seemingly insignificant task, I need to say no to my lazy flesh and set my heart on doing what I can to accomplish God's will in that specific situation. I need to surrender to him and ask for energy from him and my faithfulness begins to grow. When I do things by the flesh, which means I use my old strategies to get my way that I used before I decided to follow Christ. When I'm tempted to do that, I stick a knife in them and I trust God. I surrender to God and I die to myself. I crucify the flesh and die to myself and the seed is planted and God begins to give the growth to that seed. This is how God grows the fruit of faithfulness in you and I. 
So I want to encourage you this week. Surrender wholly to God as you hit the intersections of your will and way and God's will and way. And trust him completely. He's completely trustworthy. And use the resources he's provided to grow the fruit of the Spirit in you. Get into the Word of God, the Bible, for yourself. Pray and ask God to help you grow the fruit of the Spirit in you. And specifically surrender to His will when you face trouble. Fellowship. Plug in. I mean, you're watching this, but... uh, Attend some worship gatherings if you're comfortable doing that. Get into groups as you're comfortable. Connect online if that's the level you'd like to connect on. And but but don't avoid fellowship. Don't neglect it. That's what we're commanded to do. Fellowship is the very thing God uses to bring encouragement and we need it as as we go through life. And then Ministry is another resource that God's provided that I haven't talked a lot about. But as you try to share with others, as you try to explain what God's teaching you and the growth he's giving you, you are strengthened. It sinks in in a different way. And so it's very important. Ephesians uh, 4.16 says that when we do our part in the body of Christ, each member grows. And so that's very important. Before I talk about some next steps to take today, I want to wrap up by sharing with you the newest song on my playlist. Um, It's called Faithful Now by Vertical Worship. And it's a reminder to me that God will be faithful in the here and now like he's always been. And since that is true, I can be faithful And trust him to come through as I obey him right in the here and now. Listen with me, would you? Christ follower, you're his child, and he wants to grow faithfulness in you, and it grows out of who he is, his character. Because of who God is, I'd like to encourage you to take some next steps. 
um, of working with God as he grows the fruit of the Spirit in you. Here are some next steps that I want to suggest. First of all, uh, my next step today is to pray. Surrendering to God and asking him to grow the fruit of of faithfulness in me. And then another step, make the most of God's resources for growth. As I've been talking about the resources, talked about them a couple times, um, which one of those do you need to make uh, use of more this week? The Word of God, fellowship, or ministry and service? And then, finally, commit to this church so you can be immersed in the resources of growth that God provides. The church community is the greenhouse for growth, and it's where we find the resources God's provided for growth. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much, God, for your kindness to us, for your patience, your your love and for your faithfulness God that you want to share with us that you want us to grow in and I pray that you would help us to bury the seed so that faithfulness and these fruits of the spirit can begin to grow in us as we walk through life may you be pleased and honored and glorified God in the name of Jesus Christ I pray Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by the message and equipped to take your next step with Jesus. Visit us online at occathome.com to learn more about how to connect with us. And join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast. Have a great day.